Morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, the 22nd of June. Marcus Padley of Overnight First, please. Thank you, Ben O'Leary. Yes, Dow had a good night, up 641, up 2.15% with the NASDAQ, which led us down, leading the rally up 2.51%, although the S&P close behind 2.45%. So good bounce on Wall Street and our futures this morning up 48, but it looks like we did our dash yesterday, up 90 yesterday, and we're only up about 20 to 30 today. So it seems the follow through from Wall Street is a bit limp. The reasons for the bounce overnight seem very thin on the ground. An oversold bounce is how Chris described it in the pre-market section today, which means there wasn't really any great guts to it. Lots of chat about recession. Goldman Sachs have cut their GDP forecasts and say there is now a 30% chance of recession up from 15%, which I have to say, that means there's 70% chance of no recession, but people don't play on that when the glass is half empty. Morgan Stanley say a recession's not fully priced in. They see a 35% chance. Larry Summers, who's the ex-US Treasury Secretary, which is what Janet Yellen does now, says a recession is likely. Elon Musk says a recession is inevitable. And Wake Up Joe Biden says recession is avoidable. Wake Up Joe. Otherwise, the market yesterday had a good day because the RBA appeared in their rather boring commentary to downplay the chances of more aggressive rate rises than the 50 basis point rise, but the market didn't really respond terribly to the RBA comments yesterday. It just seemed to be a market rally that continued. Chinese uh, tariffs, the White House might scrap some of them. Bitcoin is now 16.5% off the bottom. And I asked this question to the guys today. If Bitcoin was down 74% and bounced 16%, how far is it down now? It's still down 70%. So a 16% bounce is really rather irrelevant. We have the UK CPI number tonight. We have Christine Lagarde saying there is a risk of a disorderly correction. And we have Jerome Powell giving his testimony to the Senate Banking Committee on Thursday, Friday morning, our time, which will probably be the most watched event of the week. And that's about that. Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. Tom, what have you got for us today? Thank you, Ben. ASX 200 up 22 points or 0.3%. The market is down, though, more than 14% since its high in April and is on track to have its worst month since March 2020. But back to today, tech and consumer discretionary are the worst performers, utilities and energy stocks outperforming. On the corporate front, Fletcher Building FBU is up 6%. They reaffirmed guidance for the full year. Bendigo and Adelaide Bank BEN also up a little bit after extending its partnership with Australia Post. Big four banks, mostly weaker. Coal stocks bid higher again. Hum Group down 4% as directors jump ship following the failed Latitude financial deal and Fisher and Pythal down slightly trading ex-dividend today. And that is about it, Ben. John Sharp, thank you. Tom, Leighton, what have you got from the brokers? Thank you, Ben. Having a look at some comments from Morgan Stanley this morning. He says it's adopting a more conservative approach for a range of emerging companies under its coverage. And that's due to the challenging macroeconomic conditions at the moment. And I'll just go through some of those price changes just to give you an idea of the picture. This Eager's Automotive, that's APE down 33.3%. ARB Corp, that's ARB down 41%. And Breville Group, which is BRG, the target price is down 30.5% for that. And they're all 25% above the current share price. So still a little bit of upside there. And they've also raised some target prices for some stocks in the energy sector. And their comments there were that both Ampol and Viva Energy could generate extra cash flows of around 500 to $600 million from 
from refining over the next 18 months. Just on that, Viva Energy was a stock that I had in focus. It was last week as a chart of the day and quite like it as well. So interesting. Yeah. So for Ampol, the target price is lifted 11.5% to $39. And Ampol's actually up 5% today. So that may have had yeah, an impact that research. Yeah. And that is implying an 18% upside when I look this morning, but it'll be a bit less than that now. And Viva Energy, the target price is lifted 22% to $3.30, which implies about a 17% upside. Thank you, Ben. Lovely work. Thank you, Leighton. Henry, what have you got in Henry's take? Hi, guys. Just talking today about the bombed out lithium sector. Just some research out from Macquarie today, I guess reinforcing the continued elevated price in lithium and the, the bounce back in electric vehicle sales. It's too early yet to be uh, bottom fishing in that sector, as it's probably too early to be bottom fishing in a lot of things on a consistent basis. Volumes are still very low across the board. We haven't even got to a billion dollars and it's nearly 11 o'clock. So uh, volume still pretty pathetic. So just sticking with those lithium stocks and looking for an opportunity to pick them up when they do bottom, which may be signaled uh, by some M&A activity or that sort of thing. Uh, most of them are pretty cashed up as well. But when it does bounce, it'll be good to stick to the quality names that are producing and can take advantage of those elevated prices, which despite everything else falling, the lithium price has remained stubbornly very, very strong. In fact, it has been going up still. So that is something to keep an eye on. And just a little bit of a blurb on the mixed messages that we are getting. There's no greater place in mixed messages than the US where every Fed head is out and about chatting away and giving their view. Of course, it doesn't really matter in terms of their views until we see the Humphrey B. Bear testimony coming out from Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell, which he has his semi-annual testimony. But at least Joe Biden was showing a little bit of leadership. So maybe that was partly the reason why the market did bounce. And there is that hope, I guess, that when he heads to Saudi in the middle of July, he may be able to affect an oil price supply increase from that side of things and which will alleviate inflation. But if you want to look at mixed messages here, we had the RBA yesterday telling us to all calm down and not ask for too much in terms of wage rises, because otherwise inflation would be entrenched. And at the same time, we had the New South Wales Treasurer telling us that it was going to be absolutely fantastic here and growth was going to accelerate. And they were spending $27 billion to ensure that it would accelerate. So there is certainly some mixed messaging on our economy going on at the moment. But I think the fundamental message is not the New South Wales message. It is from the RBA chief. And um, interesting with Queensland yesterday putting that super tax on coal profit and Queensland coal miners. An interesting piece of research out this morning from Ord Minette on the effect on BHP, which is somewhat minimal, but they got absolutely smacked yesterday, those coal stocks. So a um, little bit of a bounce back today in the likes of Stanmore, as analysts have actually started to work through the numbers in terms of what effect it will have on the company profits. But that's about it from me. Great stuff as always. Thank you, Henry. Now, today we have a few fresh ideas in our fresh ideas section. Marcus, I'll let you lead us off. <laughs> we do, Ben. Just qualify what uh, Henry said. It was the Queensland coal companies got smashed yesterday. The rest of them were up. We are just fiddling with the titles in our sections at the moment. We were calling this Ideas for Active Investors. We're trying to develop a section for shorter term traders with charts, ideas, stuff that we don't have to put in portfolios that are generally for people who are active. We've called the section today fresh 
fresh ideas. So you can see that. And these are things that we won't really be responsible for. You'll see the headline picture has got sharks on it, <laughs> but this is going to be short-term ideas, trading, technical charts. Anyway, so the fresh ideas section today, I have just pulled out some performance numbers of the top 50 and the bottom 50 and the top 100. Just to show you, some people will want to have a crack. I thought today, some people would want to have a crack at the market on this bounce that's happened. Very short-term stuff. Lots of people love a bet and love a trade. And when you look at the stocks that have performed the worst, some of them come to the surface. I think at this point, if you were trying to bet on the bounce, you probably wouldn't be in resources. You probably wouldn't be in consumer discretionary. These are all going to take a time, but you would probably be looking to buy some of the sentiment hit stocks that are reasonable quality or technology. So if you would look at the stocks that really haven't performed well, the obvious ones in the list today were Zero, REA, Wise Tech amongst technology. And I picked out a couple of others, which would be Aristocrat Leisure, a high PE stock. It's 30% off its 52-week high. Always gets slammed when the market comes off. And that is probably one to have a look at if, big if, the market was to bounce. The other one's perennial buy on a bounce, which is Macquarie. It's still 25% off the top. But otherwise, the stock's in there. A lot of banks, resources, travel. Not sure it's really time to do that. And also in the bottom 50, the two most obvious stocks that have performed terribly. One's Domino's Pizza. It's down 62%. And the other one's Seek, down 46%. So just trying to highlight in that section some of the stocks that might be buyable for a trade if you were to try and buy the bounce short-term stuff. Having said that, I haven't written the strategy section yet, or I'm in the middle of it, but I can tell you what it says. It says, one good night on Wall Street doesn't make a trend change. And we are sitting in cash in the strategy portfolio at the moment and absolutely no desire to change that despite one good night on Wall Street. It'll take a lot more. Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. And staying with the fresh ideas for a moment, Chris, you have a chart in there? Worth, worth also saying, of course, Chris, just before you start, is that whoever puts the idea in the ideas section, you'll see who it is. There have been a lot of emails about who's written what. So we're putting in little monikers showing who's written which section. So Chris, yours. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Ben. So Seek, as Marcus mentioned earlier, is the stock that I chose to focus on this morning. It holds a dominant market position like ASX that I focused on yesterday. There's been some data out recently showing that strong demand for job ads uh, remains both locally and for Seek Asia. That's, of course, the Asian business for Seek Limited. Credit Suisse put out a very bullish note a couple of weeks ago, upgrading their FY22 estimates, and that was ahead of the guidance from the company. They maintain their outperform rating and they have a target price that's at 38.50, so well above the current market price, which even this morning is languishing below $20. So as with everything in the stock market, timing is important. Near term, it looks as though the sell-off in Seek is overdone. And Marcus helped me out this morning by putting a chart of the forward PE of Seek. It's a really great representation of just how far that PE has fallen, but it's come back to the average. So it is representing some long-term value. So that is the idea that I'll put in this morning. Worth having a look at again, as Marcus said as anyone who wants a bit of a punt. It is also noticeably, you'll see the RSI there heavily oversold. You rarely see an RSI below 30 is oversold. Very nice. Thank you, Chris. And Tom, I believe you have a fresh idea for us as well. My fresh idea actually came from 
Marcus, he gave me the inspiration. Yesterday, he sent me the broker box for Domino's Pizza and they had an investor day earlier in the month. But a lot of the brokers, they updated their target prices and the average target price sees upside of more than 40%. So they're looking quite favorably at Domino's. And one interesting point I read was that history shows that in times of inflation and higher prices, cheaper service offerings like Domino's, KFC, those sorts of businesses actually do well. So it does have some support there. But the obvious point to take away is that the share price is in quite a solid downtrend. And that was what Marcus just pointed out before down, was it 60%? 61.8% from its 52-week high, which was only in October last year. Yeah. So you don't really want to touch something that is in such a solid downtrend. But as we have been talking about, it probably it will bottom, things will turn around, but you just have to wait until it does. So it's a hold now until there is some positive momentum in the share price. Return on equity on Domino's, 42%. Yes, phenomenal. So that's that's probably one of the reasons why all the brokers like it. Really strong fundamentals. Isn't 61.8% a Fibonacci number? It is. Mm. Oh, is that right, Henry? There you go. Being an Italia file. Very good. Thank you, Tom. And staying in the same lane, our question of the day today is what is one stock you would buy for the bounce if you were forced to buy something today? Not investment, right? Not investment. Right, this is a punt. This is a gamble. Uh, punt. Can I, mine's going to cross both punt and investment. I, I'd pick, you didn't even ask me, but I'm going first. I would pick Syrah Resources. They've come off quite a bit. I really like the story. They're in Graphite. They've got a Tesla deal, US Department of Defense deal. Demand is likely to increase in the future given the focus on batteries and decarbonization. So Syrah Resources, SYR. Can I just make a suggestion to you? Yeah. That decarbonization and batteries mm. are yesterday's themes. Ever since Elon Musk said, I'm cutting 10% of my sales force, that whole complex fell over. Admittedly, the market fell over at the same time, but you've got to wonder whether there isn't uh, the oxygen being sucked out of the electric vehicle hype and whether decarbonization, especially as we're, we're suddenly worrying about energy and Russia, whether decarbonization isn't a furphy at this stage as a theme. So well, that's part of the reason all of these companies have fallen off as well. They've fallen off a cliff. So that's why it's at this point, there is starting to see some value creep in. Value in lithium stocks? It's uh, graphite. Okay. But I think something we missed as a theme was the moment Elon Musk started cooling off. The nickel price came off. I'm watching Poseidon Nickel, of course. That's gone down to 4.6 cents. It was at 16 cents at one point. But it sharply came off when Elon Musk started getting less enthusiastic about the economy, electric vehicles. Mm. So you really really for that whole complex to bounce, you really need to see some excitement rather than mundane, same message well, coming out of electricity. I've got some excitement from a friend who's working in the renewable energy industry. And he came to me, he's helping develop and acquire a land for wind farms. And he said, Tom, how can I invest in battery technology? We do not have enough materials for the demand for batteries in the future. How I just want to load up in batteries. And he's okay. getting all this funding from Norway, all those Nordic companies working for, I don't want to go into it too much, but when someone's in the industry and really pushing that theme, I'm not trying to... No, when, I, when I went on motorcycle tour, I went through a property that was owned by my brother-in-law's mate, Rollo, uh, used to be a client of mine, 100,000 acres. He has been offered, but he's been approached by six wind farm companies all overseas, all of which want to put on, he's in, in a particularly attractive area for it, but they want to put on, what do you call them? Turbines. Turbines. Turbines yeah. Each 
turbine, he's going to get something in the region of $50,000 a year, and they want to put 50 of them on his property. Why would you bother farming after that? Although he can still continue to farm, although his cows might not enjoy the deafness it will bring on, but whatever. He would just become a wind farmer, would he not? <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Ben. Anyway, but yes, no, absolutely. Uh, this short-term stuff, for me to say that whole thing went cold, but it went cold with the market, went cold with the electric vehicle thing cooling off. So yes, maybe long-term, maybe there's an opportunity, but not at the moment. And this is why we have a market, isn't it? Absolutely. If everyone thought the same thing, there'd be no fun. Chris? <laughs> Thanks for coming to me, Ben. I just wanted to leverage that entire conversation and say the thing that I would buy today would be Whitehaven Coal. The Dutch have recently joined Germany, Austria in bringing coal-fired power plants back online because there is the energy shortage that is stemming from the Ukraine war. And there is people screaming in Australia to lower prices by bringing our coal-fired power stations back online as well. So yeah, it's just another element to that theme. What happened to be what I'd buy. Very nice, Layden. Thank you, Ben. This one, I just watched the market map and it seems to bounce just as much, if not more than any other stock whenever the market bounces and that's Block or SQ2. Also has a lot of downside, but yeah, quite often seems to be up around 7 or 8%. Henry? I guess I'm going to stick with the, the Layton theme, although I'm not sure about Block because it has such a massive exposure to Bitcoin, although Bitcoin does seem to follow NASDAQ. I'm going to go with our, one of our premier tech stocks, which is Zero, which has fallen, well, it's pretty much halved. It was 150 bucks and now it's $75. So that one does tend to move with technology stocks and that will be one of the big draws when this market does rally. But if I had to buy one for a punt, that would probably be it at 75 bucks. Very nice. Marcus? Punting, you'd probably go Bitcoin actually, because that seems to be the barometer of market stupidity <laughs> and market exuberance. So if the market, I guarantee Bitcoin will bounce when the market bounces. It's a sentiment thing. But I obviously wouldn't buy that because I wouldn't know how because I don't know how to click my phone and, and get that sort of I exposure. Think, I don't think your 2002 Nokia no. actually has capabilities. <laughs> no, but it does look good when it flips open with a little aerial on it. That aside, I would probably, although it's not really a very geared thing, but the obvious ones are ETFs, which is LNAS and Gear, is it? Which are the ones geared to the upside? NDQ is another one not so geared to the upside. But otherwise, Henry's right. Zero's top of the worst performance in the top 50. There's plenty to go for. But at this point, buying for the bounce would definitely be a tech stock. Very nice. And I would, if we're having a gamble, I would go right up the spectrum and buy a stock that is down 45% for the month, 95% from its peak. Uh, zip. Yes. As far, <laughs> as far as I can tell, they're still alive. So I'd, uh, I'd have my gamble there. And that'll do us today. Thanks, guys. Thanks, <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow.